Well, good morning again, everybody. Uh, today, we are going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. That's where we've been for the past few Sundays. And the passage that we're going to be reading from is from the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. Um, you can follow along in your own personal Bible or read the words on the screens behind me. But in honor and respect of the Gospel reading, I invite you to stand as you're able in body and spirit. So Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her her way, for she keeps shouting at us. And he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So y'all have heard me talk about dogs in my sermons before because guess what? I'm a dog person, all right? How many dog people do I have in here? Do we have some dog friends in here? There we go. So you can relate. You're, you can relate to the love of a dog. And um, now tell me all you dog people out there, have you ever lost a dog before? I have, okay? I have. Just, just briefly though, brief, let me tell you the story, okay? So... One day, I had a dog named BJ when I was in high school that I adopted against my parents' wishes. I told you that, but I kept him. And he was my dog through college and early married life and kid life. Well, this is when, you know, my kids were young and I was working for the church. And so BJ was kind of old and he's always been an outside dog. So he never really was, knew how to be inside. So he was outside. Well, one Christmas Eve, we, you know, Christmas Eve are a little busy, right, around the church and around just life in general. So I remember one Christmas Eve getting done from the communion service. We had folks over at the house for a Christmas Eve dinner. We had young kids, so he's got to get everything ready for the next day. Christmas Day, big day, all that. Well, BJ, I just threw some food out there for him, gave him some water, petted his little head, and he likes to sleep on our back porch, and that was that. Got up the next morning to see what Santa brought, opened all the presents, go to Grandma's house, have family meal and all that. It's a big day. And so Christmas Day, this was one of those days where it was kind of nice outside, but um, Christmas Day, though, I came home, tired, once I got everything, you know, unloaded, all the gifts from the car. You know, that's a big effort when you got kids and you got all that gear you're bringing back home and all those presents. And, but anyway, we were tired and went to bed. So the day after Christmas, I get up, get my coffee, pull out my phone, check my news that I like to check, check Facebook, scrolling, scrolling. And I'm like huh, this is the animal shelter. That dog looks really sad. Kind of looks like BJ. Hmm. Scroll, scroll. Wait a minute. He wasn't at the back door last night for food. Went back. Uh, it's a weird feeling when you think your dog's in the backyard, but you see him missing on Facebook. It's just a weird feeling. So I put the phone down, ran outside, looked around, called his name, whistled. He didn't come. I'm like, oh, no. I checked the fence. And there was a loose board. I was like, oh, no. He got out. And so I told Laura Beth, I got to go to the shelter and get BJ. She's like, Where? he's at the shelter? What? I was like, apparently he's at the shelter, so let me go pick him up. 
go to the shelter as the bad dog owner of me as my dog got out and we didn't even notice it because it was Christmas and we were busy and I'm sorry and they're like oh, the, the black dog the lap mix I said yeah that's BJ that's mine he's old and gets confused well he's got a story to tell because what happened was on Christmas night he got out of your yard apparently and the police officer saw him all the way down Rice Road and went to go chase him and pick him up but he ran for him and he had to tackle the dog and get him in the squad car I was like oh my gosh what he was doing was he was trying to get back to our old house. That's what I figured out because we moved in Madison. He's getting back, and he was old and confused, and I think he just wanted to go back to his old house. So I picked him up, and he just kind of looked like he was sad, like he knew he did something wrong, and he didn't understand. So I got him on home, and, you know, so I have momentarily lost the dog. But thankfully, Facebook, hey, I found him. Got him back home safe and sound, all right? But we've all had that experience. If you're a dog owner, you had not had it yet, it may happen to you, but it's never fun when you lose a dog. But today, in today's story, interestingly, we see and hear Jesus call a Canaanite woman a dog. Okay? It's a very uncomfortable passage to read. Because when you, when you think of Jesus, you think of, you know, oh, gentle, sweet Jesus, never says anything derogatory about anybody. But here we read a passage where he calls a Canaanite woman a dog. And you're like, hmm, why did he do that? What's, what's the reason here? What, what are we trying to learn from this. Well, you know, the whole month of August, we are going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're looking at the highlights of Jesus's ministry, okay? We looked at the feeding of the 5,000. We see uh, Jesus walk on water, but now we see him travel to uh, Canaanite or Gentile towns near the Mediterranean Sea, all right, and had the scene here of a woman call out to him, all right? So this is where we are. So let's dive into it just a little bit, okay? And so it says that a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Okay, so this is a Gentile woman, but yet she knows something special about Jesus, okay? When Jesus goes through towns, he makes a little bit of a buzz, and people hear about him, this kind of radical rabbi that does these miracles and healings and teaches uh, the Old Testament in a new way that opens it up for people in a different way. This guy that's radical, and he's got a ragtag group of disciples. That Who would pick these people to be his disciples? But he comes through town doing these miracles and preaching these things. And he's even saying that he, people think he's the Messiah. So, I mean, he gets a lot of attention when he comes into town. So this woman, a Gentile woman, a Canaanite woman, heard Jesus in town, and she had a problem. And she said, this man can fix my problem. So let me go find Jesus. And she started shouting at him. And I can just see the scene of Jesus walking with his disciples and a woman just shouting, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And his disciples like, this is annoying. Can you not make her stop? Jesus, send her away. Don't even pay attention to her. She's not a Jew. She's not deserving of this. She's a Canaanite woman. A Canaanite, the ones that the ancient Israelites ran out, okay? The ones that worship pagans and do immoral things. Send her away from us. This is, this is not for, for her. Send her away, Okay. When you go and you dive into it, whenever you look at Scripture, there's a lot of metaphors in Scripture. And some things sometimes translate differently into our language. And there are some commentators that say, when she says, my daughter is tormented by a demon, the word daughter in Hebrew means vessel, container. And sometimes the bottles of wine were the same word for daughter. And so many commentators say, this lady may not have an actual daughter possessed by a demon. She may have been possessed by a demon. She was containing a demon that needed to go away. Whatever that demon is, she had a problem. She was inflicted, and she needed help. 
So she found the person that's been doing these miracles. Who's the Messiah? She went and found him and called out for help. But again, it says, he did not answer her at all. He, he appeared to ignore her. He appeared to ignore her. This, is not, this doesn't sound like the Jesus we know, right? What is going on? He's ignoring a woman calling out for help. He just keeps walking. And then the disciples say, send her away. She just keeps shouting. And so he replies, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see, Matthew's gospel is written for a Jewish audience. You see this story in another gospel. It's the gospel of Mark as well. But it plays it out a little bit differently. Mark writes it for more of a Gentile audience. But Matthew puts these quotations from Jesus in there to remind the audience, oh yeah, the Messiah is supposed to come for just the Jews. Not for, the, not for everybody else. He's playing to the audience of who the Gospel of Matthew is written for. So Matthew puts that quote in there. That Jesus said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, But she came and knelt before him. When, when people come and kneel before Jesus, that's an act of worship. She's coming to worship him. She's coming out of desperation to worship him. And she says, Lord, help me. And then he says this, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Ouch. There it is. What does he mean? What is going on here? A lot of times when you see references for food, okay, for food, it's also meaning spiritual knowledge. Okay? Spiritual knowledge. And so here he says, in his quotation, he says, it's not fair to take what I'm Give, need to give to the children of Israel. What I came to bring to the Jewish people to teach them and to lead them. It's not fair for me to do that and give it away to a dog. Why a dog? Well, she's a Canaanite woman. The Canaanites believed in pagan gods. Their perceptions was they would believe in anything. They're gullible. So he's saying, you're from a group of people that believe in pagan gods. You believe in anything like a dog would. Why would I take something that was, that was for the house of Israel that's special and give it to people who believe in just about anything? Why would, why would I do that? And so the, the thing here is, she didn't give up. She didn't give up. You know, how many times have we tried and tried to do something, and then after a while we're like, you know what, forget it. I give up. I'm calling in some help, or I'm going to leave it alone. She could have just said, you know what, I thought Jesus was somebody special that could help me, that people are talking about, but yet he's denying me, Whatever. I give up. But she didn't. She came back with the response that says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Yet even people like me, people like me, deserve a little bit of this spiritual knowledge, a little bit of this love and this grace. Even little old me. And so in that moment, Jesus said, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment or her demon was gone. You know, dogs are interesting creatures. They really are. They're always usually just happy, right? They're always there wagging their tail. No matter how you treated them the day before, they tend to forget that, right? Just like old BJ forgot that I forgot to feed them and all that and he got lost. He still loved me. Still there. Dogs are loyal, they're faithful, they're always just happy. They're just special creatures. And if you have an inside dog, I bet you have a clean kitchen floor too, right? Because anything you drop, 
boom, they're there. They can be in the other room and they're there in three seconds flat eating whatever you just dropped on the floor. It's got special senses for that. But dogs are special creatures. They're faithful. They're loyal. They believe in their owners. And see, this woman here being called a dog was still holding on to the faith that this rabbi that's pushing her away can heal her. You know, last week when we saw the scene about Jesus walking on the water and they saw him from the boat and they got scared, they thought it was a ghost, and Peter was the one that said, hey, if, you, if it's really you, Jesus, and call me out on the water, and Jesus said, come. And you know, we know Peter got out and he focused on Jesus, focused on Jesus, had faith that this was going to work. Then he got distracted and lost it, right? And he began to sink. And then he says, Jesus, help me. And Jesus raised out his hand and lifted him up. But this woman never took her eyes off Jesus. She did not lose the faith. She kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. You know, finally, you know, with all dogs comes the very sad day where they must pass on over to the other side. And I remember with uh, BJ, it was, he was so faithful and loyal to the very end. But I know he just had a, he got a tumor and I just knew that was not going to be good for him. He's 13. So I called the vet and I said, look, I think my dog's got a tumor that's going to eventually get him. And so we might need to put him down. And the vet, this was a Friday. And the vet said, well, you can come drop him off. And we don't do inpatient visits on, on Fridays. We do drop-offs. And if he does, we can put him down for you. And you can come back and pick him up. And I said, No. Nah. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to just leave him there by himself. And I said, I really do think he needs to be seen, though. Can you just please make an exception? And they did. They did. They let my wife and I come. The kids were at school. And the doctor confirmed, yes, the best thing for him is just to be put down. And that's what we did in that moment. But at the very end, I remember just sitting with him as they gave him the medicine and just telling him, you know what, bud? I love you. 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 Because he was so faithful to us. And um, that's what dogs are. And this woman in this story was so faithful. She believed in Jesus. She believed that he could cure her. And in our own lives, there are days that, you know what, it's hard to hold on to that faith. There are moments in life where we just want to give it up, right? If we're honest, if we're truly honest, not being fake, there's some days we're like, God, where have you been? Why is this happening to me? Why am I sick why did I lose my job? Why am I getting a divorce? Why do my parents be that way? Why is this happening to us? Why, God? Why? And those are dark moments. Those are dark moments. You know, for preachers, it's really hard too, right? Because we have to preach faith, even though sometimes we struggle with it as well. John Wesley was told, who's one of the theologians, you know, the theologian for the Methodist Church, but John Wesley was told... You know what? Preach faith till you have it. And then because you have it, you will preach faith. There's just some days you just have to hold on. There's just some days where you have to be persistent like the Canaanite woman was. Because when you have faith, when you have faith, you're putting all of your reliance onto something greater. Something that has conquered the world. Something that has defeated death. Something that has an amazing love and grace that you can't turn away. And so we have to know there's something bigger than us and bigger in that moment when we're losing faith. And we just have to be like that woman. And Lord, just give us just a little bit. Just a little bit from the table. That's all that I need. And what we see here is that Jesus will be with you. He doesn't forsake you. You're never alone in those moments. 
He's a God and creator that loves his creation so much that he came down from heaven and put on human flesh to feel our own pains and troubles and to die a painful death. He's a God that wants to be with us that much. We are never alone, even the moments where we don't feel it. You know, and I think what Jesus was doing in this moment, too, when he was, I think he really was playing it up. The prejudice of the day of the Jewish people were pretty strong against Canaanites. And so I think he was really making a scene in front of his disciples. He really heard the woman, but he acted like he didn't. He insulted the woman because that's what people in the day would do. And then he was showing them, this is how the world treats the Canaanites. Horrible. Ignores them. Insults them. But guess what? Look how faithful they can be. Look how strong they can be. Look how they believe in me. And when that happens, great things can happen. And so then in that moment, he heals them. I always felt like Jesus probably would have healed her regardless. But he had to make a scene to teach the disciples and to teach the audience of the day that not only am I here for the house of Israel and the lost sheep, but I am here for the whole world. I am here for the whole world. I died not just for one group of people, but I died for the whole world. And because of that gift that he gave us on the cross, we all have that ability to be reconciled to God. To all sit at the table where everybody gets the first seat. You know, the best seat at the table at the banquet is the seat by the host. Time and time again, Jesus not only moved those that the world didn't like, but he moved them up to the seat by the host. To show everybody that all are loved and welcomed at the table. And so I think in our lives, I think through this story... I think Jesus just teaches us yet again what, it, what faith really is. What it looks like to have faith. It's like the Canaanite woman. And when you take your focus off of Jesus like Peter did, you begin to sink. Just as the world and the waters and the seas represent death and Peter was sinking, which means he was dying when he took his focus off Jesus. So I don't know where you find yourself in your life today. I don't know where you are with your faith. You might, have, you might be 100% today on the faith. You might be 50% on the faith. Or just barely 0.05% on your faith today. But I want to give you this encouragement. To hold on to your faith. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. For whatever's going on in your life in this moment, just remember this. That he's already conquered the world. He's already conquered the world. And you'll face many persecutions, but hold on to the faith because he has won and he loves you and he wants you to share in his victory. So hold on to the faith. Preach faith till you have it and then because you have it, you'll preach faith. May that be how you live your life. Let us pray.